Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the season final of the Unplayable Podcast. Sam Ferris here, and if it feels like this summer of cricket is the longest ever, that's because it is. But it's finally over, with the 2021 season wrapping up on Sunday when the Queensland Bulls beat the New South Wales Blues to win their ninth Marsh Shepherd Shield title. It has been a season to remember, and here to go over it is Queensland captain Usman Kawaja, fresh off the Bulls' big win in Brisbane. The Sheffield Shield trophy is moving north. Queensland, after a dominant Sheffield Shield season, finishing top of the table, have dominated all four days at Allen Border Field to take out their ninth trophy. Osman, thanks for coming on, mate, and congrats on the Shield win with Queensland. Cheers. Thanks for having me on, Sammy. Your first Shield title, is that right? Yeah, first. Um, the first year I was in Sheffield Shield cricket, when I debuted, I got kicked out for all the big dogs um, in New South Wales. <laughs> All came back from test duty, so I got pushed out there. We actually won that one. So, I mean, I was kind of involved in that, but it's never the same if you don't play. So this, I think we've made it the next year after that too, or maybe the year after that. That final I did play against Tasmania and we lost. We were beaten comfortably by Tasmania. Um, was that Pat Cummins? Pat Cummins played that game by like 70 overs? Yep, yeah. yeah. I think Pat Cummins bowled about 50. Copes bowled maybe 70 overs. Copes, yeah. he, I still remember he's an idiot. He finished... We finished the first innings and then finished the second innings. And I swear he would have, I think he broke the, broke the record in overs bowled by anyone like spinner or anyone in a final or something ridiculous. He bowled like, I think it was close to 70 overs. Anyways, he comes and we're getting ready to bat and we're sitting in the change room. He's like, Oh, does anyone else want me? Does anyone go to nets and want me to bowl at him? We all just looked at him like, <laughs> you idiot. Shut up. Shut up. Guys. <laughs> I still remember that. Uh, yeah. So we lost that one. And then, uh, the next two Shield ones with Queensland, I wasn't here. I was away in India for one of them and then away in South Africa for the other one. So I uh, missed out on a couple there, but yeah, nice nice to come, nice to be home for this one and finally win one because what a good feeling, what a great feeling it is, to be honest. I was going to ask you the next question. What does it mean to you to have missed out on a few of those that have been with the Blues but not playing in the final? It's meant to, to win a Shield and actually be the captain as well. I think... Maybe because I've waited so long, that's why maybe it feels so good. And it also, I actually didn't think like going into it, I wasn't like, you know, oh, I have to win the shield. I have to do this, you know, for my career and tick a box off and all this stuff. Because you play so much cricket and you made so much memories with such great people. I was more like, you know, I'm still enjoying my cricket. I love playing with these guys. If we want a shield this year, it'd be great. And then when it started getting closer and closer, I was like, no, no, I really want to win this shield. I really want to win this shield. And but it wasn't until we actually won it and realized how much it actually meant to me. We won. And I think it maybe is because you spend, you know, you spend 11 months with these people. You spend so long because this was obviously a prolonged year with COVID and whatnot. Guys were hitting in May of last year um, up to all the way now. And 
when you play a test series, I guess you're only there for, you know, ashes, maybe three, three and a half months. Mm. Um, any other series is two months, one month. I mean, when you're with a team for 11 months and you go through eight games, which it was this year, but a long time and you finally have a final at the end, which is like do or die, you win or lose the final. It just adds, it just adds so much more emotion, so much more mental energy into it. That's what makes Sheffield Shield final and Sheffield Shield so special because it feels like a long time coming when you get there and finally we do win. It's like, whoa, what a journey. And it's not just a long season. They're just long games, aren't they? Four day games a lot of time with you guys sitting around talking rubbish with each other <laughs> always found that to be the best part of cricket but you spend so much time with the teammates uh especially when you're when you're batting like if you're batting down the order hiding down the order as, they, as we say <laughs> well i was uh i was terrified so i was definitely hiding down there. The, final, <laughs> the final itself was a smash job was he uh you guys won by an innings uh was there a moment in the match where you knew that it was going to go your way. I mean, you roll the Blues for 143, but still they've got a pretty good bowling attack. Both teams have to bat on that pitch. Was there a moment uh, where you're like, right, oh, it's in our grasp? I was quietly confident when we got a lead above 200. I mean, for mm. a team to come back from a lead of 200, I was actually very confident at the time. You never want to get ahead of yourself. And I didn't show that to the boys at all. I'd, I was make sure that they, they weren't getting over cocky and confident that – it, you know, your teams can come back from there. Although I felt like on this wicket, it was going to be very hard if we played half decently from that point on. But I remember the coach at the time when we had a 200 really was not happy with it. He was pacing around. Chuck is probably as nervous. So he's very, very chilled out kind of guy. So it's, it's the first and only time I've ever seen him nervous, to be honest. And he was pacing around the change rooms. And I'm like, coach, chill. He's like, yeah, yeah, we need more. I'm like, hey, we got 200 run lead. We're allowed to bat again. <laughs> We're allowed to bat again. You do it. He's like, yeah, yeah, finals. It's just, I'm like, just relax, just relax. So when we got a lead of 200, then we ended up getting 240. I was quietly confident, but then they came out and they had a partnership of about 70 for the first wicket. No, we couldn't get a wicket. So I was, at that time, I was like, this is starting to get a bit annoying. But I knew if we got one, I knew if we got the breakthrough, that a new guy coming on this would be so hard. And as the ball got soft, it would it's definitely going to get harder to score. So the scoring rate was always going to go down. I knew that. So when we got that huge wicket second innings and then started to get wickets more and more, um, I started to get a little bit more you know, comfortable. But I think, I guess you never really know until Abbott nicked off on that last day early on in the day. Yeah. Probably, yeah, it's probably, you didn't want to get to, because they got a lead of 100, 150. You just never know what can happen. So when we got that wicket, I knew he was like the final straw. We got that, I, think I felt a bit more comfortable. Well, ball catch, Joe Burst takes the first wicket of the day for the Queensland Bulls. Good bowling from Michael Nessa. Now you spoke a lot about Manus, player of the match. Mitch Swepson had a fantastic year with the ball. Uh, but who are some of the unsung heroes in the Queensland team that fans might not know about? Bryce Street, obviously one of them at the top of the order. He he just blunts out any attack for us. He's got a bit of his big heart, doesn't he, to take on yeah, those clicks yeah, in that absolutely. final. Absolutely. He's been doing it all year and he just he takes it on all the time and you know, he wears a few too on the body and keeps going and he's got, you know, an excellent mind, excellent technique um, for um, first class cricket. He keeps he keeps producing. Um, having someone like that at the top of Top of the order, it's great because it just adds stability to the team um, and then we can work around that. I think he's definitely one of them. Um, you know, Xavier Bartlett's blowed some beautiful spells for us this year. Um, mm. You know, if he keeps improving the way he is, he's going to, you know, end up being a very, very handy bowler. 
Um, you know, he's got all the skills. He's still extremely young. So fingers crossed he keeps working hard and staying on this trajectory. Um, I guess guys that missed out that weren't playing, Mark Steckity bowled a few amazing spells for us during the year. Uh, missed out with a side injury. Um, Matt, you know, Kuhneman came in and replaced Schwepson for a while. Um, did a terrific job. Not easy to bowl and try to replace Mitch Schwepson. He's, he's such a good bowler. Um, and he, you know, did a tremendous job for when he came in. And then I guess, you know, he had, it's, it's the way it is. I probably couldn't mention everyone in the team because everyone contributed at some point and we, you kind of have to, that's the beauty of four day cricket and winning a shield eight games this year. You know, that's, that's a lot of cricket, um, a lot of days out in the field. Everyone has to produce because if you don't have certain people producing at certain times, you know, you can lose, you can lose games and, you know, not one person can't win you a four day game. I think one person can win you a T20 game at times, but I don't think it's really possible in a four day scenario. Both bat and ball to do, do the work. So I could probably name a lot of people, other people too, but it's, that's the beauty of our team. There's a lot of team um, perform great team performances this year. Did you have a, like a mantra or a saying that you sort of live by as captain that you try to drill into the team? No, nah, not really. I'm trying to think of some, some remember the Titans kind of shit. <laughs> 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 no, nah, nothing, nothing of the sort. It wasn't team mantras. It was simple. I'm, um, you know, pretty much the direction that I wanted the team to go all the time. So simple sayings that I say to the team consistently, consistently, what I was trying to get them to do when we were fielding and what I was trying to get them to do when we were batting. And to have that simple messaging the whole way through it was right from the first game right through to the end i don't i'm i'm sure i didn't change my messaging all the way from the first i asked what i asked him in the first game i asked him to do in the final both bat and ball um and i knew that was successful for us during the year and that was one thing that worked at the start of the year i felt confident it was going to work at the end um, i'm a simple man i like to keep things simple um so i think i live with that philosophy when i captain during your Shield final winning speech, you mentioned that you were Captain Grumpy at times. <laughs> when were you Captain Grumpy and what brought it on? Uh, this, we've got a habit. We've got this horrible habit in our team. It really pisses me off. <laughs> that I put a fielder in a certain spot and I look back three balls later and I can tell he's not in that spot. I can just know it. It happens all the time. And the guys, we've got a team of serial floaters. Um, <laughs> I've been on and every time I tell a guy to move somewhere, uh, I always just do the, like the foot scrubbing motion, like mark it, mark that spot. You're there for a specific reason. I moved you there for a specific reason. I'm not playing. I'm not playing in meters. I'm playing in inches. You stay there. Don't move. So <laughs> that was one thing that was, I think I was getting really riled up about. Um, that's under 15 stuff. That is. That's why it rolls me up. That's why it rolls me up. Yeah, but that's why it rolls me up. You've got one of the greatest floaters of all time in Manus Lavashane, who's literally, what an excellent fielder he is, like, you know, the way he moves around. But he literally is on one spot and he does a lot of great things. He's, you know, showing the ball for us. He does a lot of things that go unnoticed. But then when he gives the ball to the fielder, he's... He's turned, he's turned around. He's not even looking at the batsman, first of all. He's turned around. I'm looking at him like, you're not in your spot. And as the bowler's running into bowl, you're still not in your spot. And the bowler bowls it, and he's still not in his spot. And I look at him <laughs> after the ball, I'm like, what are you doing there? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 sorry. It, actually, his first point of instinct is never sorry. His first point of instinct is well, he'll argue it, and then I'll be like, move to, and then he'll move to his mark, and then he'll be like, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. But that kind of stuff. But it was it's not yeah. only him. There's plenty of guys in our team doing it. I think that's one thing that really Captain Grumpy comes out when – I don't mind making mistakes. I've got no issue guys dropping catches, making mistakes. Just control the controllables. Just just do that for me, please. That's all I ask. 
they're the sayings they're the mantras control the controllables <laughs> yeah. be consistent stop yeah. floating everywhere uh, <laughs> you also said in that uh in that final speech and i think i mentioned to it earlier breaks my heart that you call yourself a queenslander now was he but i mean when did you feel that you were fully embraced by queensland by the bulls and when did you really turn from blue to maroon up there um I mean, take everything aside. I've played more games for Queensland now. I've, yep. I've, I've been contracted for at Queensland for longer. Um, I guess in that respect, it was a natural transition. But probably around, probably once I played around four years with Queensland, I knew I wasn't going to move back. At the yep. start when I moved to Queensland, I actually wasn't really sure. I knew that I wanted to get away from New South Wales, but I wasn't sure whether I wanted to move back to New South Wales or stay in Queensland. It was more like... I knew at that specific time that I needed to move to Queensland. I'm really glad I did. But then I was still one foot in the door, one not. And then four years into it, I knew it was, I was never going to move back to New South Wales. I love this place too much. Uh, I love the team. I love the people. Um, I probably met my wife not too long after that. And then once that happened, um, it was almost, you know, a certainty. And then I had a daughter here and then family and I love it here. This is time I get this tingly feeling every time I come back. I just love you know, driving around here, so open, so relaxed, the people here. It's, it's home. It just feels like home. So it probably happened about four years ago, I reckon. But, you know, I always take the piss out of my wife, Rach, and she knows I've got always a grin on my face. You know, I bleed my own. I always love saying that because I hear that. <laughs> I used to hear that saying all the time when I was new. So I was like, what are you talking about? I bleed my own. She's like, you're not even from here. I'm like, have you captained your state in anything? It shuts, mm. her, it shuts her up normally. She's like, no. But I'm like, well, exactly, exactly. I'm Queensland, you're not. <laughs> well, Matt, when it comes to origin time, you're still a New South Wales man, though? Yeah, look, I have dab- I have fought with this one too, and I really want to support Queensland origin because I love Queensland. I just feel like it'd be such a hypocritical thing for me to do just because it's called state of origin. Um, and I grew, up in New- I grew up in yeah. New South Wales, so I feel like it's actually more hypocritical if I do change, which is really bizarre because I have a lot of... Um, Obviously, know a lot of footy players here that play for Queensland and there are Broncos players or Queensland players over the years and great bunch of blokes. And, and I feel more affiliated to them than I necessarily do to the New South Wales guys. But at the moment, I just I, I think I'd just get nailed by the, by the Bulls boys too much if I did change and I still get nailed if I don't. So I, I just feel like state of origin is really hard. I feel like I'm big on my, I'm big on my, I'm big on my morals, and I feel like it's called yeah. state of origin for a reason. So it hurts me to say, yeah, I, I, I still support New South Wales, but that's, you know, winter. I'm a winter New South Wales man. I call myself. Rest of the time, I'm just I'm Queenslander. We'll take it. We'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Talk to us about the uh, the Shield celebrations. Always I like winning the winning the title in the sheds, and afterwards, what's going on? It's- it's, it's, it's literally what you would expect from the boys there. We stay in the changers rages. We were out in AB field. Um, boys were on fire singing, um, carrying on. We had the, we, we actually, as we call it, DJ Steckers, probably my favorite part of the night. Steckers got up to the AB field uh, PA box and started playing some tunes up there. From there. <laughs> It was going <laughs> for about two hours. It was blasting on AB field speakers. Um, it was a lot of fun. I think we had a few people from the local neighbouring Ascot come down and blow up at us, and we had to turn, had to turn it down. Um, no, look, it was it was just a really good celebration with guys wanting to all hang around and be a part of it. And the whole squad was there, pretty much. Yeah, the whole squad was there. Everyone was there um, celebrating. It wasn't just the team. So 
it's uh it doesn't happen very often those things and yeah the boys get a bit rowdy um there's a lot of stories that come out of it none which i can say here but it's sure. uh <laughs> positive about that um it, it's a lot of fun though i mean it's 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 i think the boys can let their hair down because you're always switched on when you're playing cricket even when you're not yeah. playing you switched on you just switched on that's why people love the little preseason break you do get you can mentally mentally switch off and that's the toughest thing i think everyone's mentally fatigued at this point it's not the physical you get used to it your body gets used to it to an extent um but it's the mental fatigue the saying switched on thinking about the competition um all the you know the nervous energy and the excitement everything that goes into it i think that's what really just nails everyone down then when when it's all over and you know you do win it's just like oh how good is this we saw some great pics of you guys celebrating in the change rooms. Marnus loving it, getting doused in all the beer and all the guys celebrating. Uh, but there's one thing that, that stuck in my eye, caught my eye. There's a poster of, of Jackie Moon, Will Ferrell's character, <laughs> in semi-pro, lying naked just yeah. with the basketball covering his naughty bits so the words everybody loves everybody <laughs> what's going on there it's, it's, i actually don't know it's been there for so long it's literally that's <laughs> what i said in the corner i don't think it's always up there but it just was for this game that's always in the change room that i, I don't know the first person i heard say it was hosty i just i kept him i kept hearing him say ele ele I'm like, what the hell is ele is like everybody love everybody i'm like okay i'm like <laughs> and then this poster was just there and then I don't really know what it, why it's there, but it, no one ever wants to take it out. Everyone loves it. So no one even thinks twice about it. I honestly didn't even realize it was you mentioning it now. Like, oh yeah, it is up there, but you don't second take it. I, I wish I had a good story for you there, but I'm sure there is, but I was probably away when it happened because it's been there for about four or five years. Is that right? Yeah, it's been there for ages. I was looking around going, there's all these great bulls photos, everyone's celebrating, <laughs> and there's this like naked real far out there. <laughs> is this supposed to be it's, there? I'm like, what else is, what else good is mantra, there? Good yeah. mantra for life. Everybody love everybody. That's what I thought might have been one of your sayings. That's why I asked you that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> but I like it. How about, this, how about the summer overall? As we said, huge, long one, longest ever, September to April. Uh, hubs, uh, restrictions, uh, all kinds of biosecure elements uh, and the fact that, that, that the season got so many games out is pretty remarkable. BBL, international summer, the whole lot. How did, how did you find it as a domestic player going around and just playing all these different matches in, in such bizarre circumstances? Honestly, I, I think for international players and guys who travelled to India and been away in Bangladesh and all those places, it, it, it didn't feel too different than being on an overseas tour for Australia. So mm. and we go to India and we're not really, we don't really go outside the hotel in most places. We're, we're locked, we're staying in the hotel. And when we probably go play golf, which we're allowed to do in, in hub life while we were playing also. Um, same as when I think of other subcontinent places, Sri Lanka is probably a bit more lax, but like, I think a lot of the guys who've played international cricket probably found it a bit more reasonable or could handle it a bit better. I think the guys who hadn't experienced that before, domestic guys who hadn't been used to being away from families from a long period of time or being locked in a room for, you know, not in a room in a hotel, sort of for, you know, train, come back to the hotel, eat, come back to the hotel. They hadn't been able to do that. They haven't experienced that. Found it a lot tougher. Um, but I, I, I actually, you know, it wasn't too bad from my point. Just for that reason, I felt like I'd done all this before. Probably made it harder that I had a daughter who was six months um, old that mm. I couldn't see. Um, and if it wasn't for her, I, I felt like it would have been a lot easier too. So I think everyone was in a different boat there. But 
I definitely feel the domestic guys who had an experience in international cricket probably found it a bit harder. Yeah. And does it make it more worthwhile or does it make it more satisfying to win a, to win a comp in a season like this with so many different challenges and hurdles? It probably makes it more satisfying because it ends up being a longer season. So you end up going through the emotions and everything that goes with the cricket for longer time. So it just feels like, you know, it's like doing a fitness session for two minutes and then doing a fitness session for 25 minutes. One for 25 minutes is going to feel a lot more satisfying than the one that's mm. two minutes, right? So it's a bit like that, I think. Um, the journey, the, how long it took, everything we had to go through it all the emotions and the mental fatigue that was with the hubs and everything else for a long period of time probably made it that much more satisfying. And I guess it made it satisfying, not, not as on a personal level, but for the Bulls level to, to beat New South Wales, to have an, you know, almost Australian attack um, on the park um, and to beat a team that the Bulls have never beaten in the Sheffield Shield final. I think it just adds more to it. Um, it makes it just that little bit more special. The Shield final, weren't a fan of the bonus point system being in place. Is home ground advantage not enough of an advantage for the team finishing first? Well, we played one full game in Allen Border Field in the last four years, so we didn't really have a home ground advantage. I mean, if you had the Gabba, maybe, but no, a team that finishes first should have a slot big higher advantage. I've got no issue with, even if we came second, I've got no issue if we have to go with New South Wales and actually have to beat them. Five days is a long time. Five days is a long time. It can be a bit of an issue if you go over five days and they make the absolute flattest wicket on earth. Um, that, that, I guess that can be a bit more of an issue. But even then, I mean, if you wanted to have that advantage, you should have come first. I mean, that's the, you've got 10 games to come first. You've got That's a lot of games, a lot of time. Mm. And I think the team that comes first after the 10 games deserves to – they're the number one side. They deserve to win. So you have to do something special to beat them in a final. It's not the first two. You could have a difference. A team could come first. A team can cut second. The team coming first could have won three more games than the team coming second. It's happened before. I've seen mm. where Victoria did it a few years ago. It happens. There's no right that the team that comes second has, when they play a final, should be on, on an almost even keel sort of in terms of bonus point structure. I, I don't find that... You know, I just haven't found that fair at all. Um, I don't think it's right. I think there's so much that goes into one, just one Sheffield Shield win, four days. There's so much that goes into it. Um, I'm still a fan of the old one where, you know, if you're going to come into number two has to do something special to beat number one. I don't like winning on bonus. You know, if, if one team, you could literally bat one innings in a game and win the Sheffield Shield, like that's, like how how stupid is that? It's not even a, it's not even a completed game. It's not even four innings game, and you can win you can win a game based on first innings. I just don't like what that's promoting. Mm. It comes to the pitch, doesn't it? If there's a good pitch, sporting pitch, which will get a result in five days, then that doesn't really come into it. But um, see your point. I'm sure your uh, voice will be heard in the off season. I'm not sure what they're going to do with the rules, but uh, I don't like the bonus. I don't like the bonus point structure as it is because like somewhere at the Gabba, which is very slow moving in the first inning. So, you know, if you bat for 90 overs or 100 overs at the Gabba and score close to, you know, 250, 300, you're, you're doing really well. Like it's mm. not an easy place to score in the first innings. You know, you can't bully attacks. If they bowl well, it's a very hard place. It's not like the Southern States where, you know, the game can kind of go in reverse. It's easier in the first two days and then it slows up the back end if the wicket starts breaking up and going up and down. 
where the Gabba can go the opposite. It can be tough first two and then get a little bit easier after that. So, you know, we were coming second last year against Victoria. We had way more wins than them, but they were beating us because they had more bonus points because they were playing at Junction Oval and they were getting 350 in the first innings um, after 100 overs. Um, and then, so the bonus point structure can can really affect us too. And, and so, especially at the Gabba, I reckon, I'm not a fan of the bonus point in general. One thing you did like was that CA has gone back to Kookaburra balls. No more jukes. I think that was built around the ashes in 2019 anyway. Uh, you said it brought back the spinners in the in the competition. Happy for that to continue? Absolutely. Look at the spinners. Lino took a truckload of wickets. Um, mm. Schwepper took a truckload of wickets. You know, there was other spinners coming in and taking fifers. We just weren't seeing that. And especially the back end of the juke balls. I mean, even last year, as good as Schwepper was bowling, I played a game in the Wacker and I just couldn't bowl him because it was like the pace bowls were just impossible to hit. And when mm. Schwepper came on, you know, he was probably only going at three runs and over, which is great for a spinner. But even that was too much for that game because it was such a low scoring game. And I thought, this is just so stupid. Like, we'll keep picking him because he's our best bowler. And, you know, I, I want to have him in the team because we have plenty of fast bowlers too. But it just sucked. Like, you couldn't really bring him into the game. And then I, I was so, yeah, I was so, I'm really happy when they just kept the new the, the Kookaburra balls. The Kookaburra balls are now very different. People don't realize that the new Kookaburra balls are very different than last year's balls. So they've changed the Kookaburra shape. They're like, they're almost like oval shaped now with these really high raised seams. They're totally different. They nip around a bit more. They do a little bit more. So I think, you know, obviously Kookaburra is trying to change that up. They trialed, they trialed them last year. They bowled them. I remember we played them at least one game in Tasmania, which finished in a day and a half. It was a green Tasmanian wicket, but you know, these balls are definitely doing a lot more, definitely doing a little bit more than they used to, especially at the start now with the, the way it is. I wish I could show you if I get an old ball from last year, last year's ball and this year's ball, you'll see it. The last year's ball is like beautifully round kookaburra ball. This year, as we call it, the oblon or the, the steden, it's, it's a bit more of a, like a, as a batsman, that's what we call it. It's a bit of an yeah. oval ball now. So it just like sort of doesn't, sort of just comes down and hits the seam either side. So you're seeing a lot more um, bowlers exploring nip in the wicket. So, I mean, it's, it's still made the competition. I think the ball's probably, um, made the competition a bit more exciting in terms of, you know, draws and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's another story. The whole, there has to be a result every single game. If you play a four day game, it's, that's a whole nother story. Cause when I came into first class cricket, that was not the case, but apparently mm. it is now. Mm-hmm. Is that, just for that last one on the board, does that swing more? Not necessarily. Um, I think the swing is not affected. I just think because the seam's so high and raised up, it definitely nips more early on. I talk to people like Bernsey and if I have to come in back, you know, against a new ball in the nets and in the game, I, I feel it nips a little bit more at the start. Um, but it's still, you know, you're still seeing run score. I think still a nice balance between bat and ball um, at the moment. But there's definitely a change. I think it had an effect to some extent um, in test matches too. Um, when, you know, the Aussie guys and, you know, the Indians were bowling with that new ball, it's a new shape ball. I think it's definitely made it a little bit harder for the batsmen in, in some respects, especially at the top of the order. But, I mean, time will tell. Will, will tell. But it's definitely a different looking ball. You mentioned about when you first started uh, Shield Cricket. How many years ago was it now, Uz? We're talking uh, 2008. 2008? Yeah. 12 how, years? How, yeah, wow. How's the, how's the standard of comp changed? Can you is there a notable difference from when you started to where it is now? No, it's a very good cop back then. It's a very good cop now. Um, things have changed in between. You've 
I guess, yeah, I don't know what it was. I, I genuinely felt the wickets felt flatter when I first started. I felt that, and I'm sure there was more draws when I started. That was, that was what I'm coming from. So a lot yeah. of people now, when they see, see a draw, like, oh, what a, what a, what a shit wicket. It's a draw and all this and that. And I'm like, well, when I first played, I used to have draws all the time, first half of the year. It was only the second half of the yeah. year the comp really got moving. Um, people started declaring and setting up games. Um, so, you know, I think the, in some respect, you know, Tassie was the flattest wicket on earth. Um, probably yeah. just as I started and then literally the year after I started, started greening him up a bit more, became the green monster, which it can be now if the, if the weather doesn't come, if, the, if you don't get sunlight, it can stay the green monster. Um, hmm. I think things like the old Adelaide cricket ground wicket was beautiful wicket. I mean, it was one of the great wickets to bat on as a batsman. Day one, day two, yeah. mama, what a ground. But day three, day four, it used to break up massive. It used to like, it was like the SCG it would break up huge. Um, so you had SCG and the Adelaide Oval, which were very distinct grounds. Now with the new drop in Adelaide, it does not break up one bit. It's mm. actually got a lot of bounce in it. It's, it comes close to Gabba in some respects sometimes, not as much, but very close in terms of bounce. You can leave balls on length. Um, they leave grass on it because they know it's not going to break up. So they can't not leave grass like they used to on the old Adelaide wicket. So that, that whole wicket, that whole dynamic has totally changed. Same with the MCG, the new the drop-in, that, that's changed the dynamic of the wicket too. Um, so now you're seeing these grounds, Australian grounds, which are generally low wickets, which were really good to bat day one, day two, and used to break up day three, day four, that both Adelaide and MCG have sort of gone the other way, leave grass on both those wickets. So it's normally harder day one, day two, and you're hoping that it kind of gets a little bit easier as the game goes on. So yeah, a lot has changed in 10, 11 years, but I don't think the quality of cricketers has changed. Um, the Cobb had um, some terrific players when I started and it's still got some terrific players now. Yeah. I know England's got a bit funky with the toss over there in their domestic cricket and county cricket, uh, but you're a big fan of the toss. And I am a big fan of you <laughs> when you do the toss because you really launched that thing, Aussie. You put that much of it into it. You put more effort into uh, your coin tossing than you do a full-blooded pull shot. Um, uh, let it you, rain. Let it rain. It, <laughs> have you got a – is there a goal? Is there a target for you? Are you trying to send it into the lower troposphere? Or, I mean, what's the, what's the plan? I actually don't know how it started. I think I did it like three or four years ago the first time. I just – I think I was probably as a piss take with the boys and just threw it as high as I could. Cause no one, everyone's got these like little flimsy tosses, you know, these little, yeah, yeah this, this well, we're, we're, we're proper cricketers, we're traditional, we'll just toss it like this, bah, and they, they toss it over. And I was like, I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna toss it high and see what, see how it goes. And I tossed it high the first time and it was like, whoa, what happened there? And it's come down. And then the boys had a bit of giggle out of the first time. So I was like, yeah, I'll just keep doing this. Maybe this is my thing. So I, I've always got a thing where I try to toss it as high as I can. I've got a mental image on my head of what the highest toss I've had. And I just keep trying to go. The finals actually, let's just go. The finals was hard because we had like the camera right there, literally two meters. And you had Mel Jones and you had KP right next to her and then me. And I literally had probably maybe a three or four square centimeter, uh, square meter, sorry, area to hit it. Normally I've got the whole yeah. wicket because there's no cameras around. I can just toss it down. I've got 22 yards to work with. This time I was like, oh crap. Like what do I, I was I so I had luckily I practiced it for three or four years. So my accuracy yeah, now is impeccable. Yeah. So I, I gave it a great launch and it landed perfectly in the middle of everyone. No one had to like, you know, cover their heads or anything. So look, practice makes perfect. It's my thing. It's what I do. Um 
yeah, so I, I just I just bring a bit of fun to the game. I, I think cricket at times, especially especially four day cricket and test cricket, can be very you know this is how we do things. You know you have to do it, and I respect the game. I would never disrespect the game. I love the game and I respect the game, but I think at times you can have you know bring your own personality, have a bit of fun with the game. You know the the side where you know so many people are set in their ways to do mm-hmm. certain amount of things and. Um, even just wearing my floppy out to the toss, the boys hate it. They're like, oh, what are you doing? You can't wear a floppy out. You can't wear my own floppy out. So I was like, yeah, it looks cool. Look at me. Look, look I've got the floppy. I've got my jacket on. You've got, you got like, the blazer. Yeah. yeah, I like it looking good, boys. What are you talking about? And then you've got half the boys who are like, yeah, no, nah, it looks good as you. And you've got the other boys like, nah, nah, this, you can't do that. I'm like, why? It's like, because you're not, you're not supposed to. I'm like, where does it say in the laws of cricket that I can't do it? So as I said, cricketers are very, some cricketers are very stuck in their way. So it was the same thing happened when I dabbed that time, you know, a few years back, I think 2015, 16, all these people coming out, what's he doing? Dabbing and all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, wait, what's, what, what, how do you tell me to choose? How do you, how can you tell me how to celebrate a 50? Like, how can you tell me? Is it just because everyone's been raising their bats for, you know, a hundred years? Is that, yeah. is that the only thing you can do? So um, yeah, very people putting helmets on the top of their bats now. T twenty crickets open up all sorts of doors, but apparently test cricket, you know, still test cricket, you know, straight down traditional, line. traditional. Yeah. yeah, need to get you uh, skipping BBL teams and doing it with the bat with the bat flip. How good would that be? That's that's dangerous. Though. Yeah, that, those yeah, things aren't like. But you know, you know, I take it on. You know, I take. I mean, first and foremost, everyone, everyone take five. Everyone just yeah, take yeah. <laughs> Look, this thing could hurt you if it comes in your head. So just give yourself a room. I, the worst thing they could do with that, that stupid bat is like, why is the edge of the bat? Have you seen the edge yeah. of the bat? It's completely square. There's been a couple of yeah. uh, draws. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Linny or something do it twice, twice, two in a row last year in the semifinals? Yeah. It happened two in a row. It's Perth, I reckon. Yeah. It happened. I'm pretty sure it was a semifinal. It was, yeah, it was Perth. And um, he played Perth. It was like, come on, guys, common sense. Just round the edges so it cannot stay on the edge. Like, do something. Like, mm. This is year four geometry. Don't have square edges or it could land and stuff on the edge. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Just I might have to get sandpaper next year. If I still see that, I'm going to sand it myself. I'm like, no, nah, I'm rounding these edges off. This is ridiculous. So, Talking about, uh, uh, you know, the traditions of, of four-day cricket, red ball cricket, are there any kind of innovations you'd like to see? Are there any rules or those in traditions? Four, in four-day cricket? Or, yeah, or in, in general. Is there anything that you've, you've noticed that you could do with an update? Um, Put you on the spot a bit here. Yeah, you have. I don't know. I always find the timings a bit weird of cricket. Um, you know, when it rains and you have this amount of time. Oh, and yeah. Oh. Like, I know all the, I know now because I'm captain, I know how they work, but I still think of them sometimes like, this is stupid. Like, why do you have to do this for this? And I feel like these timings were made like 100 years ago, but we still stick to them. Like, because they were made hundred years ago, we, no one no one questions them. But they were made by people like playing in the paddock somewhere. So it's like, come on, let's just have a look at some of these laws and be like, oh well, maybe we could do this a little bit better, you know? So why are you having forty minutes for one break and twenty minutes for another? Like, <laughs> where, where did that come in? Hey, 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 don't take our break time away from us. Don't take <laughs> our break time. <laughs> but I agree, I agree with you. Stuff like that, like you just you just accept it because it, it is what it is. Like. Um, I guess, yeah, there's a lot of weird, bizarre things when you think about it. When you take a step back and you look at cricket laws and you think, why are we doing that this way? And like, well, it's always been this way. I'm like, but that's not a reason. Like, you do realise these laws, some of these laws were made 100 years ago. So, um, Plus every rule has changed. Like back foot, no balls, front foot, no balls. Players couldn't hit the ball on the leg side 
you know, 100 <laughs> years ago. Uh, everything changes. People just forget they've got yeah. selective memory. 100%. It does. And things do change a lot. So, I mean, I think one one that I'd like to bring forward actually straight away is two run, two run penalty for a no ball instead of one run. See if that stops the bowlers from bowling no balls. Because they don't bowl in white ball cricket. Like no one bowls no balls in white ball cricket. So I think they do that in county cricket. I think it works out pretty well. So maybe that would be the only one I'd bring in. Would you question the umpire about front foot no balls in the final? Yeah, it was a friendly just question. Sure. Friendly yeah, yeah, yeah. question. Like yeah. I just I've I've yeah. noticed like, you know, if if a guy's to be to, I actually asked X after that and X was like, nah, it was that was like that was the only one that I really got close to. What I don't like it is when you have reviews and bowlers are getting close to the mark. And when I even when I was batting, Starkey bowled a few no balls. I could see it. And some, and Manus could see it too. He was bowling no balls and and Blocker wasn't calling him at the time, but they're really close. But if we got a wicket off that, it was hundred percent it was a no ball. Mm. So but you know, he wasn't calling those no balls. So if you don't call him and the bowler doesn't know that, like he doesn't see it, like he doesn't get told. That's my only, that's my only, you know, and that's where I get angry. Like, well, if he doesn't know, if he thinks he's bowling every ball that he's bowling is correct, but it's actually no ball because it's too close to call and you can't see it. And then he bowls one, he gets a wicket. Like that's a no ball. So can you just, I just, can you just let him know if he's getting anywhere near that line? Just tell him anywhere near, I don't care if it's, you have to tell him three balls in a row, just tell him to come back, come back, come back. So, so that he knows where his footing is and then don't just go up to the third umpire box when he gets a wicket and then it's a no ball. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was it was a short conversation with me and Sam. It was worked out quite easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you're having a go at him, but you just uh, brought it to his attention for sure. Uh, you're probably the wrong person to ask about this, but one of the uh, what gripes I have is a batter calling for gloves or a drink every 15 or so minutes. Feels like it slows the game down. Are you in the, which camp are you in on this one? Are you I one that needs a fresh set of gloves every four nah, hours? Or nah, drink, no? I'm probably I'm probably in your camp. I don't change uh, until drinks breaks. So I never, and even then sometimes I don't why change. It, why is it a thing? Let's let's quick the game, quicken the game up. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. So I mean, you know, Smudger changes every fifteen minutes and. Minus changes pretty quickly too. Look, I don't know. You're going to have to ask them. Yeah, I'm not the right person to ask because I don't do this. I actually don't change very often. But, I mean, yeah, look, I don't think it actually slows the game down that much. I think test cricket in general is very slow. Look, we've been playing test cricket rules this week in the Sheffield Shield and Queensland, I reckon we were up about six overs or five overs, something ridiculous. We were up yeah, that, right. that many and um, the Blues were the same. They were up heaps. I just think test cricketers and batsmen in particular are very slow. They take a lot of time to get ready. they got their routines and processes. They take a lot of time in between balls when they first come into bat. So I think when, it's, <laughs> when that's happening, um, you know, it actually makes the game longer. Sorry, I got my daughter. You <laughs> got a little guest here. Rachie. Well, those two guys are the best batters in the country. So perhaps mm. there's a thing to it. Perhaps there's a, a method behind the madness. Maybe. I, but as I said, I don't think it actually slows it. That doesn't slow the game down as much as batters taking their time between balls and fluffing yeah. about. I think that kind of stuff takes. I call it test match. I call it test match timing every time I see it. Uh, um, you know. Played against Greeny. I was tongue in cheek taking taking the piss out of Greeny this time too when he came back and we played him after Test series and he was taking his routine between the balls. I'm like, ah, oh, you're on Test match timing already. Well done, well done. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a thing. They just take longer in international cricket. Bit of a an aside here, but how good is Cameron Green? Just what a summer from him. Have you you played against him? Do you think he's got everything it uh, it takes to 
be a test match star. Yep, he does. Um, excellent Basson. He's a very good bowler too. Um, yeah, the only thing, the only one that's going to stop Cameron Green is himself. Really, that's the only thing. Like you know, his own mind's the only thing that can come in his way at the moment because he's got all the skills. Um, he's even got a great mental aptitude for batting long periods of time, doing it over and over again and consistently, and being hungry. It's a great skill to have. Um, yeah, the only one that can stop him is himself, I reckon. So, fingers crossed. Um, you know, he keeps going in the same trajectory he is because I think he's going to be a very special player. Yep, he's just starting his uh, international career. It was you played 44 tests, 49 white ball games, 34. Um, where do you see yourself at the moment in terms of higher honours? Uh, I reckon I'm right there. I reckon I'm, I'm still very much in the mix. Um, I'm playing some really good cricket at the moment. Um, I, I, I think, you know, if I start off really well next year, um, there's big ashes coming up. Um, you know, I think I'm still very much in the scope. But at the end of the day, cricket's a very tough game and you don't want to end up thinking too far ahead of yourself. You want to make sure that you're concentrating on the now, on the Sheffield Shield, even Sheffield Shield cricket is tough work. Domestic cricket Australia is very tough work. So if you start thinking about international cricket and forget about what cricket's right ahead of you, mm. being, you know, domestic games, I know that's that's a recipe for failure. So, um, you know, I'm loving the game. I'm still really enjoying it. I'm super competitive. Um, you know, I want to score lots of runs, do well for my team and, and all that stuff. So I still see myself having, you know, Thirty-four years old, I still see myself having a few more years, three, four more years. I've got no, no doubt that if if I'm feeling the way I'm right now, that I'll be motivated and competitive enough, and then you know, obviously scoring and doing everything I have to. Um, yeah, I, I don't think this is anywhere near the end of my journey yet, um, and hopefully a couple more shields still left um, to win with the boys. Fingers crossed. Is there some unfinished business for you in the Aussie colours? Um. I don't see it that way because I, I just sort of look at the journey in general. I think, I think I'm still, I think I'm still good enough to be in that Australian team. Um, the plan simple. That's my motivation still there. I still think I'm, you know, uh, I could be the top six batsman in the country and I can perform and I can be one of the best, you know, I, I still feel like I could be a top batsman in the world at the moment. Um, if that feeling ever goes away or a feeling like, you know, no, it's not, then I'll probably have to, you know, re- rethink my international aspirations at least. But um, look, I played against some really good opposition um, this year in the Sheffield Shield against test bowlers, um, against top quality players. And I'm still feeling, you know, really good. And I'm still scoring rounds and I'm still feeling in the contest. And most of all, I'm still enjoying the cricket. That's, that's the most important thing. I mean, there's no, there's no point playing the game if you're not enjoying it. Um, and cricket's a tough game. Most, most days you're going to have, especially the batsman, you're going to have you know, pretty crap days. You know, you're not going to perform. You're going to miss out. That's just part and parcel. That's not what enjoyment, enjoyment's about, you know, enjoying the teammates, enjoying the wins, enjoying the successes um, of other people and, and yourself and, and all that that goes with it. Um, and, and to add to that, as I said, I'm still highly competitive as I as I felt this year in terms of playing with the Queensland Bulls. And that's the most important thing. I know if I still have that um, feeling in my belly, that competition, then, you know, I'm in a good place. Uh, it keeps popping up, was but uh, you in the test, you really stole the show for the episodes that you're in. Do you still get feedback? Do you still hear people talking about 
how you you were on and perceived in the test. And I guess everyone always talks about that uh, confrontation with Justin Langer, but I mean, I felt like they sort of just blew that up. Bit of Hollywood treatment on that one. Uh, but uh, I reckon they I reckon they toned it down to be honest. Oh, is that right? <laughs> it was a lot that was cut out of those uh, out of that. It was pretty funny. Actually, that's one thing I haven't seen all of it, but I did watch that one. I'm like, oh, they cut out a lot there. So yeah, right. <laughs> the unedited version is a good one. I promise you. But um, no, no, like, I get a few people. Uh, yeah, come up to me and talk. It's amazing how many people actually watch that. Um, and I will yeah. watch it. I haven't got around to it. I will watch it at some stage. But it just, you know, it, it seemed like great theatre, um, the way they done it. Um, they did a great job. Um, Andre, who was there with us the whole time, obviously the someone, doc. the doc, someone you would know, who was, you know, there filming everywhere, just sneaking around. We never knew he was there. After a while, we totally, I, I, I remember saying to Doc, I'm like, Doc, whatever stuff you have on me, please just burn it because the amount of crap that would have come out of my mouth <laughs> in between it. As you mentioned earlier, as cricketers, we sit around all day and talk absolute rubbish and I'm, probably leading the charge in that respect. So I'm like, whatever you have, Doc, please burn it. I don't want to come back to it. <laughs> so it was, no, it was a really, it was actually a lot happened during that time and they did really well to um, get all that footage. I think, um, you know, that kind of stuff wouldn't have happened yesteryear. The, a lot of the old heads hated having cameras around in the change room and, you know, refused to have anyone else around into the inner sanctum as they call it. But I love the fact that we're moving with the times and, we're letting other people in and it's only good for our game to get that kind of exposure and get young kids and people from, you know, other backgrounds and cultures to see what, what actually goes on and what cricket's all about. So I think it was great. There's one part of it uh, always makes me laugh when you know, I think you're playing some card game with Manus and the, and the guys <laughs> and you're asking him to spell lawn and then lawn system. But <laughs> he doesn't buy it. He doesn't want to embarrass he knows, himself. He knows he can't spell lawn system. He knows if yeah. I'm asking him in front of a camera yeah. that that something is up. So he's like, how do you spell lawn? He's like, L-A-W-O. I'm like, how do you spell lawn system? He's like looking at it. He's like, no, I'm not falling for this. Yeah. I'm not falling for this. <laughs> we still to this day ask Marty to spell all the time. I think even during the Shield final, spelling came up and I asked him to spell something. I asked him, I asked him to spell things all the time. It's not because I'm trying. Honestly, now it's gone past. It started off because uh, it was just so funny. I mean, like the way he was spelling some old cricketers' names, like was just unbelievable, like. Steve War, he spelled like War W A R. Like it was just like some. I've still got a fo- I've still got a photo on my phone from when he spelled it. it. Was during a Tasmanian game, I remember, and he he wrote his like team of the century or something. But like this, it ended up just being about the spelling. Ricky, um, uh, Ricky Ponting was Ricky Pointing. Um, who else? Who else was there? Oh. Was that so Waka? Oh yeah, Waka Eunice was in there. There was a W A K A R Waka. Oh, no, W A K A Waka Waka Eunice. <laughs> it was like it's unbelievable. But now it's gone to a point where actually, like for the last couple of years, we've actually trying to improve his spelling. So we actually give him words and he spells them. Like yeah, that's right. So uh, it's actually yeah, he's he's a quick learner, Marta. So he's getting he's he's, he's most improved definitely. I hope he didn't have Murali in his team because that he would have did. been a real struggle. He did. He did. <laughs> and, he, and he just wrote Murali and he just yeah. felt Murali right, I think, from memory. Like he uh, refused. He knew he knew his limits. He knew his limits. So I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I wish I could remember. There were some amazing, uh, amazing ones. I can't remember at the moment. His evolution is just insane, isn't it? I mean, you, you look at him around the team, you think 
is this guy the whipping boy? Like, because he's the center of attention, but he's also probably the second best batter in the test team right now. He's number three batter in the world. So he deserves everything he's got there, but he just loves the game so much. It's, it's hard to really make people believe just how much he loves cricket. Like Steve Smith loves cricket, but Marnus would be right up there on the podium with him. Steve said loves cricket, but Marnus is way more like obnoxious. Probably not the right word, but he's maybe more right. like, you know, in your face. So you right. see it. I think they both love cricket equally, but Steve Smith's a bit more subdued to himself. Like in public, he won't, once again, behind the scenes in like the change rooms and like the physio rooms, he's like a whole different character, you know, chucking stuff around, carrying on. You get him outside of the public and Steve Smith just goes to see Smith. Mm. Manus does not, he doesn't have a filter. So he's just, no filter. yeah. So, you know, he's, Carrying on, um, acting like a pork chop in the dressing room, and he does the same thing out of the dressing room. So there's just yeah, the no filter is what everyone sees, and they're like, "Who is this guy?" And as we like to take the piss out of him, call him Hog Hogpile, as Roy named him, oh. <laughs> Hogpile. <laughs> it's been getting it's been getting a fair run this summer, Hogpile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 is um Toasty Toasty Boy. Yeah, Toasty. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that came out. You saw in the news, and I like looked at it, and I'm like. That sounds exactly like mine. <laughs> and I texted him that night. We were playing him the next day and he didn't reply to me. And then I saw him the next day. I'm like, why did you reply to me? He's like, you know why I didn't reply to you. I'm like, it was you, wasn't it? He's like, of course it was me. Who else was going to be? <laughs> so, <laughs> somehow, some reason, somehow, like, like every, it just follows him, you know, like anything, anything that has to be like slightly, like, slightly you know confrontational it just follows him everywhere he goes mm. you know he was the first person in the like, history of the game to get a five-run penalty for fake fielding like yeah you know like it just follows and substitute because because it's just weird stuff always just follows his controversy he's like the contra if you honestly he's like the controversy king like he's everywhere he is is it's just because the way his nature is as i said no filter no filter equals controversy I'll tell you what, he's never out either. He, he never. I know. Let's not start on that. Even yeah. I, can't, I can't even win that argument. I, he, he got out salmon twice against New South Wales this year. I think it was like the second round, third round game. We played him in Adelaide. It was absolutely plumb both times, and he's come off. It's like, how is that out? And I'm like, what are you? What are you? What are you watching here? Like, are you serious? They're like, they're, so I didn't say anything. Obviously, you let him. You let him have his blob. You don't say anything, and he comes back, sits back down, like. 40 minutes later and he looks at his he's on the laptop looking at it, he's like how's that out i'm like well, i'm sorry that's plump man and he's like but no no look at the board's doing this i'm like come on man like come on and he's like yeah so every time there's something happens he's the opposite when someone else is better he's like that's out how is that not out i'm like if you were batting there if you were batting there what would you say he's like no i'll say that's out i'm like you've never said you were out so how are you gonna say that so he is literally on both sides of the spectrum when he's not batting everyone's out when he is batting, he's never out. So that's it. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, the stumps could be flattened, could be everywhere, you know, not out. But I think that's the that's only one he can't, I think that's the only one he can't get away with. Yeah. yeah. LBW is always like a gray area. You're always like, oh, no, I pitched out. Oh, no, no, it's bouncing or something. Did I hit that? But, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The old, yeah, old, yeah. I got a bad one. Did you hit it? Yeah. 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 I hit it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hit it. You, <laughs> when you haven't really hit it. Yeah. So yeah so that old chestnut. Work, yeah. That old chestnut. So it was what's on for the winter, I guess, or uh, you said you were going to put yourself into the, the PSL draft, but around that, what's on for you? No, uh, just a little bit of cricket, T20 stuff if I get the opportunity and then relax, 
um, mentally relaxed, I'll still keep doing my fitness work and then, yeah, get back into it and start getting ready for next year, really. Um, it's the same process every year. You try to mentally get your mind back in a nice, peaceful state and then go from there. But uh, it's the first probably off-season where I'll have Aisha with me too, obviously. Mm. So, um, no, it's, it's both, you know, a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but it's also a little bit different, you know, too, because you the time sort of split now. So you can't just go out and have a round of golf or go for a little latte with your mates. <laughs> I've been away for a long time too. So try to help Rach out as much as I can and spend some time with my daughter. And um, she's, she's in a really good age where she's starting to interact now. So I'm loving it. So um, yeah, I can't wait to when she starts talking. I can't wait to teach her all, all little sayings and sledging mom. And I look forward to that day. <laughs> I mean, your wife and daughter can hear you say that right so you have to say that stuff yeah they're, no they're right they're, literally, they're not too far away but Rachel I already told Rachel I'm going to teach her tricks I'm going to, I'm going to teach her like nicknames to sledge mom and um, yeah look that's just me I'm a pest so can't expect anything less I'm looking forward to the spelling bee between Manus and your daughter I mean, I, I'm, I'm back in little Kawaja <laughs> I think I reckon she'll be beating him by the age of five Fantastic. And and the and your podcast, uh, kicking it with Kawaja, there was a bit of uh, controversy with the name, I think, at one point. But um, uh, <laughs> but uh, t- tell us a little bit, uh, not about the controversy, but about the podcast because you've had some great guests on there. You launched with Adam Gilchrist, right? So, I mean. I no, no, no. I actually, launched, I actually launched with Ben Cutting. He was my oh, first, one of my closest Sorry. mates, Ben Cutting, yep. absolute legend. And then I think my last one might have been Gilly. And I've... I was really enjoying it, actually. I, I love doing it. Um, it just coincided with cricket season coming back and then having, obviously, Aisha. Um, and then the bubbles and everything and where I went with the bubbles. It just made it so much tougher to do stuff. So um, I've had a lot of fun doing it. I love interviewing different guests, not only from cricket, from, from different aspects of life. Just, just seeing, you know, I think everyone does things, you know, differently and does a lot of different things but i think when it comes down to it everyone really experiences the same things in life the ups and downs of life and and i love talking about both them because that's that's what life's all about right you do we all do like you you know you either you're a journalist or you're a cricket player um you know you're going to go through similar emotional things in life that has nothing to do with what you do or what you know how much you earn or anything like that it's just it's, it's great to talk to people on a human level, which I love doing um, and bringing it back down simple and just showing that, hey, look, this guy has done everything he can in his sport or his field of excellence that he's not too dissimilar to you. He likes to go out and likes to play golf, likes to spend time with his family. Um, you know, he gets anxious at times. You know, he's been depressed at times and it's just nice to get through to that point and see that from people because I think it's really important. Um, especially in the world we live right now with your social media and Instagram popping up, you know, people's Insta lives are not very, you know, they're not like their actual lives at all, but I mean, that's what you see on Instagram. So you start believing that that's what their life is like. And I think, especially for kids being very influential, I think um, it can lead to a lot of issues. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, I just enjoy doing it for that reason. Fantastic. Well, keep an ear out for kicking it with Kawaji and the Unplayable podcast. But, uh, <laughs> mate, mate uh, very much appreciative of your time. Once again, congratulations on the Shield win and uh, all the best for the rest of 2021 and next summer. Cheers. Thank you, Sammy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode and this season of the Unplayable podcast. A big thank you to all the guests who came on this season. 
and for everybody who tuned in each week. We will be back after a little break, but until then, for all your breaking news, live scores and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. 